All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rio's Rag podcast. Ian Cummings here with you today. Uh, we did a draft pod recently uh, with Connor Forrest and Jacob Kamaker. So if you want to check that out, you can go on the site. It's still up there. Uh, but there's a lot of information to sift through with the draft, obviously. So we're going to do a couple pods, kind of breaking it down. And today we have Noah Draft, uh, part of the Twitter community, part of the draft community with us today here to talk over the Redskins picks and kind of break it down, go a little more in-depth with the players' abilities and their limitations, what they can do, what they can't do, and what the outlook is for the future. So we're just going to get right into it. But first off, Noah, how you doing? It's our first time having you on. I'm all right, man. It's good to be on. I always talk football, and this is my first time doing a podcast, so happy to be on here. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and you learn with experience, so it's it's good to have you on. Noah, guys, is a, you know, he eats, lives, and breathes football. I'm talking about it all offseason, and uh, it came to a climax late April with the draft, and uh, last week we got together on the pod and broke it down, but it's safe to say the consensus was the Redskins knocked it out of the park. Would you agree with that, Noah? Completely. I mean, I think there were a couple head-scratchers. You look at the Bryce Love pick, you look at the Ross Pierceberger pick, but overall in the top end of the draft, they really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, really from end to end. First round getting value, uh, seventh round getting value, but we'll, we'll get into more of that. Uh, let's let's go round by round. Last week, we gave you more of a general overview of the draft and what the success means for the Redskins moving forward, but now let's go pick by pick, kind of talk about the players, what they're tendencies are so we'll start obviously with the first pick and it's kind of crazy that they got him at 15 I was thinking they'd have to trade up but they didn't they lucked into getting Dwayne Haskins at 15 and it's a pretty good get no matter how you spin it uh what do you think about Dwayne Haskins Noah because I know a lot of people it's kind of a polarizing subject like the general consensus is that he has franchise potential but he might have some limitations I don't know how you think about that I think we should be thanking the football gods that we landed on <laughs> at 15. Um, he bailed out our fran- He could be bailing out our franchise. You look at the cap situation that we're in, all the money we have tied up into Alex Smith, and getting a guy like him at 15 that has 15-year starter uh, capability and uh, potential, I mean, we really got lucky with landing him at 15, not having to move up, not having to mortgage the future uh, to grab that type of guy. Yeah. Most drafts, you would have to move up to get that type of guy. But I think we're in a weird stage of football right now where a lot of teams have their franchise quarterback or have a young guy that they believe can become their franchise quarterback. So a uh, position that is always so sought after this year wasn't as much. I mean, you look at the top 10 picks and there wasn't that much movement. Or I think in the top 10, the only movement was the Steelers trading up to 10. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. but Yeah, it was 10. Yeah, that's really odd. You know, you don't see that many years. Usually there's a lot of trading up, trading the farm to go get a certain guy or guys that uh, are teams that have a quarterback already on their roster, especially you look at teams uh, like the Jets trying to bail out of that position. Um, so the fact that he made it to 15 is just incredible. Yeah. What, what do you think about him as a player? Kind of break him down a little bit. What, what does he do? What does he do best? He, his football IQ, um, yeah. first off, is the best thing when it comes to him. Extremely smart player. He knows where he's going with the ball before the ball is snapped. And I think that really benefits Jay Gruden's system because if you look at the history of Jay Gruden, his system is uh, based heavily on getting the ball out fast. Uh, dink and dunk type of offense, West Coast offense. So I think that, first off, and then his capability to push the ball downfield um, but not only to push the, down, the ball downfield, uh, but to push it down at the right time in the right moments, not to force it. And you look at some other players, you look at Drew Locke, and you say, okay, well, 
this guy, he likes to throw the ball downfield, but he doesn't do it always at the right time. Dwayne Haskins picks and chooses when he needs to put the ball downfield, and he does it with precise accuracy. Yeah, yeah, and that was one thing that I took away from his film is that he's a very smart player, and its I don't think it's a stretch to say he could have an Alex Smith-esque impact early, and he's got a little more developmental upside. So I, and anytime, you know, we can we can debate, you know, what his exact upside is all day, but at the end of the day, if you can get a franchise caliber player uh, at 15 without having to trade up valuable assets, that's a win. And there was a guy they did have to trade up to get, though, in round one, but I don't think anyone was complaining about that. Let's move on to Montez Sweat, their second first-round pick. What did you think about him? Oh, just pure athleticism. Um, obviously, you worry about the heart condition. Uh, I think that a lot of people were praising the pick early, and I was a little skeptical with the pick. I love the talent, but you do look at some of his film. He plays very upright. Uh, I believe he's transferred schools twice, so you wonder if maybe there's some locker room issues, some off-the-field issues. Um, I, I might be wrong about the transferring twice, but I know he started off at a different school. He Michigan actually started State. off as a tight end. Yeah, he started as a tight end um, at Michigan State then moved to Mississippi State. Which, if you look at his athletic profile, he'd be a hell of a tight end, and I'd actually <laughs> like to see them run him at tight end in some special formations. But um, that's a little conspiracy theorist. Uh, Redskins. <laughs> Could be a two-way player. Place, but yeah, <laughs> but um, him as a player, you're looking at a guy that he could be one of those 15-sack-a-year guys where he completely transcends your defense from a good unit to an elite unit. Um, but you worry about, is he like Preston Smith, where, yes, he's this great athlete, and he's even more athletic than Smith, but is he just not getting home with the sacks, uh, yeah. getting his production numbers? But you just you take a gamble with that amount of physical upside. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, there was debates about which edge rusher you prefer. I preferred Burns, but uh, you know he was yeah, gone. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know at at that point, at twenty six, you're getting a guy who has high level starter upside. Again, it's it's all the value deal in round one. I think I would agree with you. The Redskins really nailed that. Sweat is a guy with that burst and that length and that physicality with his length. You know, he knows how to use it. He's still trying to figure out how to you know, contingency plans when his first move doesn't go as planned. But, you know, that that's what development's all about. And I think yeah, and I, I think he'll benefit uh, a lot from having a guy like Kerrigan to mentor him on hand yeah. usage, pad yeah. level usage. Because that's one thing that I really noticed on film is he stands very upright when he's coming around the corner. And if you go uh, against the wrong left tackle, they're going to stand you up and you're not going to win. You know, the low man wins mm-hmm. when it comes to the defensive line. So, He'll have to work on some mechanical issues, but I think you're gambling purely on a guy that has he looks he has uh, Miles Garrett Miles Garrett um, upside in his athleticism. It's just finding that production with it. Yeah, yeah, it's just all about putting the pieces together, and you know that's that's what drafting is. You know, you're drafting for not just for what they are, but what they can be. And I think Sweat can be a very productive. Uh, player on that edge let's go to round three uh they traded their second rounder when they moved up to grab sweat but round three they grabbed a very enticing player a guy who could have chemistry with haskins right away terry mclaurin what do you think about that one you know what's funny about the terry mclaurin pick is i wasn't mad at the pick but i wanted us to take kelvin Harmon uh in that selection i loved <laughs> kelvin Harmon coming out we'll get yeah. to him later obviously but um I, I wasn't angry at all with the pick, but I, that was one of those where I was like, oh, you could have got Harmon. But um, Terry McLaurin, I think one of the biggest things you look at him and doing some more research on him and watching some things about him is his leadership. Uh, he seems like an awesome leader. He seems like a great locker room guy. And obviously, that's not what you're drafting him for, but it's a plus, especially if you look at our unit and 
there's not much of that coming in there. So I think adding a guy like him is going to add big competition to that unit. He's a good route runner. He's smart with the football. And then at the end of the day, he has four th- uh, 4.35 40-yard uh, dash speed. So he can take the top off of a defense any given play. Yeah, yeah. The upside is fairly high for him, I think. I think people kind of understate that because, you know, obviously the character and the leadership is something that comes comes to mind right away. But, you know, when, you, when you're when you as good a route runner as he is with that kind of short area quickness, you know, the possibilities are endless, especially in Gruden's offense, which, you know, really caters to that dis- distribution in the short to intermediate ranges. So, yeah, I, I really like his fit there. But uh, He's also a very selfless player. I think you're yeah. going to see a lot of him on special teams. Um, you might see him as a gunner. And I think you might also see him as a kick returner. Now, that might be Bryce Love's spot. Yeah. But they do definitely need to figure out the kick return and punt return because I think that's an aspect of our team that's been very bad since we since we moved on from Brandon Banks. Oh, yeah. If you remember him from so many years ago. We've never really had anyone special on the special teams uh, to really flip the field when we need them to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that could be something to think about. Uh, let's go to round four. Uh, this is where the kind of questionable picks start coming in, but I'm not sure how you think about this, so well, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, they drafted, I think Wes Martin was their first, fourth, or was it Bryce Love? I, I believe that was Bryce Love. Okay, yeah, Love came first. What do you think about Love? He's a polarizing one. Well, I was initially uh, scratching my head with that pick. I was like, okay, well, that's really odd. You know, you look at a team that has Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, Chris Thompson, and forgotten about Samaj P. Ryan. Um you already have a loaded backfield there, and you're drafting an extremely injury-prone player two rounds before I expected him to even get drafted. Uh, I thought he was going to be a six-round type of guy, and you look at it, and you know you still have good offensive line talent on that board um, and bigger holes of need uh, to yeah. fill when he went off the board. But the more it's, it settled with me, the more I liked it. I mean, you look at Adrian Peterson. He's getting up there in age. He won't be around but maybe two more years. Uh, you look at Chris Thompson. I believe he's a free agent after this year. And he's also extremely injury prone. Yeah. Uh, so if you get Bryce Love and he can work on his route running, he can get healthy again. Uh, I think you're looking at a thunder and lightning backfield with Bryce Love and Darius Geis that would be, I think, amongst one of the best in the league if they both can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. The potential there is definitely intriguing. I mean, he's got the burst and athleticism. Uh, and, you know, the, the biggest thing for me was the opportunity cost because there were some guys I would have preferred, like Drew Samia, uh, that pick. Maybe Froholt, uh, he's got athletic upside that I, I like in offensive guards. Uh, and I, I'm not sold on love if he can, you know, carry his ability to the pros. Because he tore his ACL, you know, his running style, very predicated on his explosion, you know, from the knees. I'm not sure if he'll be as fresh uh, in that sense when he comes back. But, you know, that's for them to figure out. I think the potential is certainly, you know, it's good enough where you can take a risk on it in round four. And offense you know, if you want to have a good NFL offense in the modern day, you got to have a lot of weapons. You got to have that balance. Guys that can make plays with the ball in their hands. Love is a guy who can do that. So I would agree. It's it's kind of you know there's some trade off there, but we'll see if it works well, out. You also you look at a team that was barren in offensive talent last year. I mean, it was yeah. just embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, how bad we were on offense, and you're talking about a team that's led by offensive minded head coach. And this is the type of league where they're always looking to replace you. Um, I know there was some weird stuff with Darius Geis when that happened. I'm tweeting out the uh, emoji and everything. Some people said it wasn't about that, but hopefully they can um, learn to be more of a one-and-two punch instead of a one-man thing. Yeah. One thing that concerns me with Bryce Love, though, 
is you talk about a guy with an athletic profile that of a receiving back. But if you watch the film on him, he's not that much of a receiving back. Mm-hmm. He ran more up the middle. He ran more between the tackles than a lot of people uh, talk about. So I think he's really going to have to work on his route running in his hands. But he will have a great mentor with Chris Thompson in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's potential for growth there. Uh, I'm not, and he would have been a first-round pick last year. That's true. Yeah, he produced on a massive scale. I know that was something Kyle Smith was very uh, – very intrigued about when uh, they uh, were talking about it on Redskins.com. So that's something to watch. How about their other fourth-round pick? How about Indiana guard Wes Martin? I, I'll tell you what. I, um, <laughs> I, had to, I had to write a profile on him when they picked him, and I had never heard of him in my Me three either. months of studying. Yeah, I, that was crazy, man. I don't know. What do you think I about mean, that? I, I watch just as much football you know, as the next guy on draft Twitter, maybe more, but Man, I didn't. I had no idea who this kid was at all. <laughs> uh, the the biggest thing I can say about him is, if it was a Bill Callahan pick, then I'm all for it. I mean, you have one of the best guys you can think of uh, leaving that unit. And so I did some more uh, digging on him. You're talking about a kid with extremely brute strength. He said that himself in a quote. I mean, that kid is strong. I believe he did 38 reps of 225, and he was mad about it because <laughs> he got hurt doing it. And he said he had just done, like, 42 the, uh, yesterday, the day before he did uh, 38. Jeez. And, yeah, I think he, he grew up on a dairy farm, I believe he said. Yeah. So he, it's just one of those country boy strength type of things. I think he'll fit in real well with Brandon Scherf, that same type of guy. Yeah. Um, but I believe I read a stat somewhere. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But in his all of his stat uh, snaps from last year, he allowed one sack, I believe. Yeah, I, I did see that. So he, you're talking about a ultra productive uh, guard, which is a weird thing to say for an offensive lineman. But if you look at the stat snap numbers, I think he has very good potential. Not a great athlete, um, but just extremely strong, and that's what you need in that guard spot. You're going to get a lot of uh, power runs behind him, and I don't think he'll start week one. I do think Flowers will be their starting left guard week one, but Ooh. Uh, yeah, Oof. but <laughs> he actually. I don't know. With his size, he may be able to hold there. And you're talking about Callahan, you know. So yeah, you have a coach that can uh, make some good, some bad guys good. So yeah, I think it's a potential pick and a good depth pick when you see all the injuries we had last year. Yeah, very true. Like I'm, I'm not holding my breath for Flowers, but if Callahan can make something out of him, you know, there's something there. And I, I agree about Wes Martin. You know, strength is something not a lot of guys have in that capacity. And, you, and I did see some clips on him on uh, Twitter, uh, just limited stuff. But, you know, he, he's got a good anchor. You know, if he gets his hands on you, it's it's tough for a defensive lineman to break free. So I think at the very least, you add depth, which last season they were scrambling to add no-name guys midseason. So now you kind of mitigate that risk. And they did the same thing with the next pick, Ross Pierce by Baker. I think it's Pierce Baker. I'm not sure, though. Uh, what you what do you think about that one? Another head-scratcher a little bit. You know, they have to have their Alabama guys. Um, I think it's strictly an offensive line depth pick, uh, so you don't see guys like Luke Bowenko and other no-name players, no offense to them or their families, but yeah. playing in the regular season when our guys get banged up. But he's a, I believe he's like six foot four, over 300 pounds. He's a big boy. He's not very athletic, uh, has a bad athletic profile. But one thing I will say about him is I believe he moved from guard to center last year, so adopting a new position, and then he still played uh, well doing so. I think what he provides is a good depth guy that can play either guard position and can play center. And I think that's really just a depth pick. Um, I'd be surprised if he starts this year. 
uh, barring injuries. I do think Wes Martin will be the one pushing for starting snaps, but I do think that they added Flowers, him, and Wes Martin to really compete for that guard spot and then the rest to be backups uh, if injuries do happen. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's benefits to cultivating that competition and having guys try to edge one another. You know, it could it could ultimately bring out the best of them. So that'll be interesting. I, I, I'm saying that's a 50% depth pick, 50% just Alabama pick. But uh, I, I don't know. They, they have a tendency to do that. What about the other fifth-round pick? This was an interesting one. and I, I'm kind of getting more and more excited about it as I think about it. North Carolina linebacker Cole Holcomb. Another guy that I didn't know too much about until I got to deep dive more into him, uh, super athletic. Yeah. Extremely athletic guy, good in coverage, and I think you're going to see him get some coverage snaps. It's a very loaded room if you think about it, though. You have Sean Dion, you have Mason Foster, which I have some very uh, harsh comments on him, but I'll save those for later. <laughs> um, you have Reuben Foster, and then another guy that they've a lot of people have forgotten about is Josh Harvey Clemens. Um, so I think he could be battling for a spot with Harvey Clemens, especially being that coverage nickel linebacker uh, type of player. Um, but I think that's really what he provides to you with, uh, is athleticism and upside. A yeah. uh, guy that's definitely going to be a special teamer, for sure a special teamer, but I do think he makes the team. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I looked up his uh, pro day numbers, and he was like, Four four speed four 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 five somewhere in that range and yeah incredibly athletic yeah like a thirty eight inch vertical or something like that so yeah anytime you have that potential I don't know about you but me I'm a sucker for those picks the guys with the athletic Spark upside athletes. yeah yeah exactly because you know it's it's something to mold it's something you can develop and that's that's always good and that the inside linebacker position where you know there, there's some shifting to be done I, I think Sean Dion should start. But you know, it's it's up for grabs at this point. No one, no I agree. One said I love anything. Sean Dion. I think he's great. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to benefit from having a lot of the Alabama guys around him and having Ruben Foster um, next to him. Yeah, I think there's a definite chemistry uh, effect there for sure. I'm I'm excited to see that. I hope they start Sean Dion, but I have a feeling they'll start Mason Foster. But we'll, we'll see. That's just happens. embarrassing. Yeah. Kids these days, man. I don't know. All right, <laughs> moving to round six. Uh, I don't know about you. This is my favorite pick of the draft. I'm willing favorite to bet. Pick. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page there. Kelvin Harmon. Uh, what's the deal with this guy? What's the deal with why he fell, or why? What is the deal with why he's so good? Why he fell and why he's a gem. I think he fell because of worries about athleticism and separation. I mean, you talk about separation when it comes to wide receivers, and that really is the name of the game in a lot of ways. Um, especially in the league today. But you look at other guys that don't separate well. A lot of people have reached in, and I, I don't like making these player comparisons, but one guy that really stands out as a good player comp with him is Michael Thomas. And he's going to be that jump ball, contested catch, in-your-face uh, type of guy. And he's also going to be, just like Michael Thomas, is uh, short. And he really has to use his body strength and his size to outbody people. Yeah. Um, you talk about like basketball, boxing out. Uh, he's going to have to use his strength and size. He's not going to win off of speed. He is a decent route runner, but it's it, he's strictly a guy who's going to get a lot of the jump balls, a lot of touchdown balls, and a lot of uh, three-yard slant type of uh, routes to move the chains. Um, but I really love him. I think he has consistent hands. He's one of the hardest-working players I've seen. I've watched a couple things on him, and his work ethic is incredible. Uh, you talk about a guy that was born in Nigeria and moved to America with an immigrant family. There's just a different uh, work ethic 
and mentality uh, when you come from a situation like that. Yeah, yeah, because he's had to earn everything. He's got a very interesting background for sure. I, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of film on him. I'm, I'm excited to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do that and get a piece together. But just reading some of the draft stuff and uh, watching some clips on Twitter, it's, it's easy to get excited. His play strength seems off the charts. You know, just yeah, that's al- what he has to win off of his play strength. Yeah, yeah, his alpha mentality, and he—he's a big guy, six three, so he's got the size to do it. So I, I'm very excited about. It. And you look at the Redskins' receiving core. You know, the opportunity is there, a plenty for guys like Harmon to kind of ascend the depth chart and you know capitalize on opportunities. So I, I'm excited for that. I don't know if he'll. Do you think he'll factor into the starting equation at some point this season? I think it's going to be him and Josh Doxson for that wide receiver one role. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're really going to have to battle that out. And uh, I could see a case where he wins, or I could see a case where he's just in the rotation. Yeah. Um, but that's really going to be the question is, can he beat Josh Doxson out in camp? Yeah, and that's an interesting one because there's a lot of dynamics in there. Because we know Doxson, you know, they didn't accept his fifth-year option. So they could just say, you know, we're just going to relegate you to reserve snaps and focus more attention on the long-term assets or they could say you know he's the best guy we got still so i, don't I, know. I think that would be the smart move and that's yeah. why they won't do it yeah <laughs> um, i think with Doxon, they're gonna say okay it's a contract year you were a first round pick this is make it or break it which it's been a make it or break it year for the last three years for the guy yeah um but i, I definitely could see the case where they're saying okay show it to us now we spent a first round pick on you we can't bury you on the depth chart right now yeah yeah. Okay. So going back to Kelvin Harmon real quick, uh, the thing that separate because I know people have been debating this, like why did he fall to round six? He must be a bad player. It's it's just not the case with him. You know, the four six speed scares teams away, but he's so good at everything else. It, it's really worth a flyer on. So I'm I think you're excited to see him. I'm excited to see him. He's number thirteen. I, I think it looks fresh. So I'm I'm excited. I think the case with him is. It's which side are you on? Are you on the film side or are you on the athleticism and analytics side? Yeah. Um, and that's really a test of do you like the film more or do you like the num- uh, the short numbers? Uh, what's the word for it? Analytics. The con- or the combine numbers. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think a mixture is healthy. But uh, when you have a guy like Harmon who's so solid at what he does, you know, in those later rounds, it's, it's, it's exciting, especially in a place with like Washington where – you know, everything's up for grabs. So both literally and figuratively for the receiver position. But uh, let's move on to round seven. Uh, two picks in round seven. Both of them pretty interesting. Uh, Jimmy Moreland, James Madison corner. What you got on him? Phenomenal pick. Yeah. Uh, just complete ball hawk. We're talking about a guy with 18 picks in his career at JMU. Smaller school guy. Uh, I think the concern with him, the main concern with him is his size. He's not a big guy. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Greg Stroman pick a few years back or a year back. Um, he is a guy that is going to come in and compete on nickel snaps and for slot. Some people have talked about moving him to free safety, which is interesting, but I don't think that's what they'll do. We definitely yeah. need a free safety. But you're talking about a guy that's definitely going to play special teams. I think he makes the roster. And you're talking about a guy that's just a complete ball hawk. You're talking about a guy that's going to get you interceptions, going to get you turnovers, but he's going to struggle against bigger wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. I think he had 18. You said 18 interceptions. I think he had 63 pass deflections. So he is a disruptive guy. That is for sure. So I'm, I'm excited. I know Daniel Jeremiah, NFL.com analyst, He uh, after the Redskins picked him, he said that he comped uh, 
Moreland to Falcons corner DeMonte KZ, who had seven interceptions last year. So there's definitely upside with that his ball hawking ability and his closing speed on the ball and uh, high pointing too. So yeah, it's it's exciting for sure. I um shoot, what was I gonna say? Yeah, free safety. If we're talking about free safety, I'd prefer they give Monte another shot, but that's that's another conversation. Uh, so so uh, to see what happens with the suspension or no suspension. Yeah, yeah, that's the big thing. I'm not sure about that because I know the NFL hasn't said anything about it, and uh, I, he was he's practicing with the team, so that's that's yeah. something. I guess it's we'll going see. to be fun to see who makes it out of camp uh, on the roster. For corners, you're talking about a very crowded room, and it com- could come down to a Moreland and Strowman battling it out in a very similar size and position. Dang, yeah, and that's tough. That's tough because who are you going to let go? I mean, Strowman showed a ton of promise last season. I think as a reserve, yeah, people fans really killed Strowman, and I don't think they understood that he was a seventh round rookie. Yeah, uh, you can only expect so much out of him, but I think he showed flashes of being a capable starter down the road. Yeah, same, same. So that's that's going to be interesting. Or do they cut the cord on Adonis Alexander? I mean, Torian Gray's gone. He doesn't have as many ties. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, we got one more pick to break down. Oklahoma State edge rusher Jordan Brailford uh, was the second-to-last pick of the NFL draft. Uh, what's your take on him? Another guy that I think can compete to make the roster, I didn't know too much about him. I got to watch him more at the Senior Bowl. Watching him at the Senior Bowl practices, uh, he seems like a guy that's going to be a rotational piece, keeping some of the other guys fresh. Um, I don't know too much about him, but he is a pretty good athlete, big guy, and I just think he's going to be a rotational piece. Yeah, yeah. I I remember his athleticism was – it's good. I'm not sure if it's necessarily great. But there is some potential there for sure, and I, I've seen some people talk about maybe moving him as a versatile linebacker. I think he stays at edge for us, but um, just something to watch down the road. It's a definite. He seems like a developmental pick as well. Yeah, I don't think they're too high on Ryan Anderson. No time to give up on him yet. But you're talking about having Ryan Kerrigan getting older. Who knows how much longer he'll be able to play? So getting as many bodies in that room to develop when he is gone. Yeah, is a good idea. Yeah, exactly. It's always it's always a good idea to think for the future, and I think that ties well into uh, one our one more thing segment. We got a little bit of time left, so is there anything you would have wanted the Redskins to do that they didn't do? Because I know one thing I wanted them to do uh, was draft a developmental tackle at some point. You know, c- just me because the depth there is kind of shodden with uh, Jerron Christian. You know, not sure about his development, but. That was one thing I would have preferred them to do. What would you have preferred them to do differently? Personally, I think I would have traded up for DK Metcalf when he was falling. Yeah. Um, I really like DK. I think he's an athletic specimen, and you're talking about a guy that has Julio Jones potential. Obviously, he could be out of the league in a year or two. Um, but that's about it. I think wide receiver, we could have gone heavily, uh, more heavy on wide receiver. Yeah, we got McLaurin and Harmon, which is great, but you didn't really come out with a bona fide uh, true wide receiver one or a guy that you are super confident is going to take that many reps from. Yeah. Uh, someone on the starting roster. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, and Josh Doxson are your week one starters. And going into the draft, that's not necessarily what you want. And you really want good wide receiver weapons um, around your young QB. And I'm also very surprised they didn't go after a tight end either. Yeah. Yeah, that was another one. That was a big one uh, because the uncertainty there, you know, with Jordan Reed 
always injured, it seems like. Vernon Davis, 35 years old, and he's got a pretty big cap figure. So, you know, you look at the opportunity cost to release him and kind of free up some space, especially with Alex Smith's contract on the books. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I think they they didn't come out of the draft either with, uh, like I said, a number one wide receiver or a true starting plug and play guard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you also have questions about free safety. Obviously, you can't fill all holes in one offseason. It's not how football works. But it's a little concerning knowing that Flowers may be your start, week one starting guard and Josh Doxson might be your starting wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, like you said, can't fill all the holes. So best thing they can do right now is they did get a lot of pieces this draft. I think they reset their navigational curve, uh, you know, because after the Alex Smith injury, it was like, where do we go now? Now it seems like there's a better direction for this team. Uh, you kind of know what they're going to do this year or what they're going to try to do this year. So the only thing left is to, you know, give the coaches what they got and let them work for it, let them work with it. So, And I think looking at this draft, you're going to look back in a few years, and the success of this draft really depends on our first two picks. Yeah. And really the first one, Dwayne Haskins. Ultimately, if Dwayne Haskins is a top 10, top 5 quarterback, this draft was a success. Um, and also I think looking at Montez Sweat, if Sweat can come in and be a 10-sack guy, you're looking at a guy that can take your defense, like I said, from good to truly elite. Yeah, yeah, and get that pocket uh, disrupting presence on the other side because that was something Preston Smith never quite developed into. He was always really good, but he was never that guy, you know, that guy that could disrupt at any moment. So that's going to be interesting. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Uh, Definitely a lot, a good mix, I think, of developmental potential and high floor in this class. High production guys as well. They definitely like guys that have produced at the college level. Yeah, yeah. And that's always a good thing. You know, it's usually you can't go wrong with that. But you gotta make sure you don't overlook uh red flags with that. But it doesn't look like they did. Pretty solid class. Uh, unfortunately we are out of time guys, so we're gonna leave it off with that. Thanks Noah for coming on. Appreciate it. And um peace out guys. Have a good night.